that word is part of my identity. In fact, it's part of your identity if you're a follower of Jesus that we are what? We're sent. We're sent. It's this everyday adventure with Jesus that, that uh, whatever season of life you're in right now, that you can say, God, I am sent right now to my current neighborhood, my workplace, my school, my wherever I may be, this hospital room. I'm here in this nursing. Oh, Lord, I'm here. I'm sent on mission with you. So even if you don't like your current situation and you're praying for change, which is fine, that's, that's fine, you can still say, Lord, for this season, I am sent by you. I'm sent by you. In fact, it's a consistent theme in Jesus' teaching. You're gonna see a few verses on the screen here. In John chapter 20, Jesus is ready to ascend back to heaven, and he says to his followers, he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Luke chapter 10, he says, go, I am sending you. Matthew chapter four, he says, come follow me, and I will send you. We are sent on mission with Jesus, we're his hands and his feet. So just a quick review of where we've been so far. If you're new here at Grace, new online, really glad to have you. Let me just do a real quick review. Week number one, we said this. We said all of us who have put our trust in Jesus are sent by him, sent by the Lord, to our neighborhoods, workplaces, school, wherever you go. Friends, listen, your current circumstances and context are not mistakes. They're not mistakes. The Lord writes the final chapter for all of those who put their trust in him, and it's good. So even if you're in a situation that's self-induced and you go, I'm, I'm in a marriage situation, I'm at Lorraine Correctional, I'm at some place that I don't, I, I wish I had not, but I think I didn't follow the Lord's leading in this. Even now, God can use you right where you are as you're surrendered to him. Week two, we said we're, we recognize that we're sent by Jesus as what? Hope dealers. This uh, Friday, Saturday, there's going to be about 235 tables all throughout this place for the Christmas craft fair. It's pretty amazing. One of those is uh, from Changing Lives, and they, they do T-shirts and mugs and all the rest. And I saw one of the hoodies, T-shirts they have, it says, I am a hope dealer. Even if you don't have that hoodie or that shirt, uh, and maybe you'll get one just as a reminder, but to say, Lord, that's, that's what I want to be. I want to be, a, I want to be a hope dealer, that I'm always prepared to share with others in a, in a world so desperate for hope, the hope that I have because of Jesus, that, uh, that I can say in the midst of whatever storm uh, that he, he's, he's with me. In the week number three, we saw the Spirit of God gives us prompts along the way that he wants to direct our steps and give us divine appointments. Maybe it's been a prompt to, to text somebody or you've sensed you should pause and ask a colleague a question and just say, hey, how are you doing? I've been thinking about you. You've had a dream about someone and decided to call them. A number of you uh, contacted me uh, and, and told me about divine appointments you've had. Let me just read one of these. I'll abbreviate it. Here's what the person writes. They said, Jonathan, thank you for your message. Reminded me of a rather dramatic divine appointment that happened to me and forever sensitized me to the promptings of the Spirit. I was co-leading a master's cohort of about 50 teachers that met for two years. My drive was 35 to 40 minutes, and I found it to be a good time for praying with my eyes open. Uh, good idea on both counts. I love to pray while I drive, by the way, just like the Lord is in the passenger seat, and, uh, but it does, it's good to pray by, not just by faith, but also with sight. Uh, one morning during that prayer time, I clearly sensed the Spirit prompted me to pray for a former cohort member, Beverly, and for the well-being of her family. Interestingly, I'd had no contact with her for months. I prayed for the Lord's blessing, protection, and general well-being for Bev and her family. When I arrived at work, 
I called her and left a voice message. That's a good thing to do. Just say, hey, you're on my heart. Sharing with her how I was prompted to pray for her family that morning. Later in the day, when her school day ended, she returned my call and asked me what time I had prayed for them. I told her it was around 7.15 a.m. She told me that just over 30 minutes later, her daughter was driving on the highway and was involved in a serious crash. Her car was totaled, yet she walked away without so much as a scratch. Needless to say, I was blown away. Since that time, I try to never ignore what I sense as a prompting from the Spirit. And the final analysis, even if technically the Holy Spirit is not the source of the prompt, it cannot hurt to pray for someone, call them, visit them, etc. God is always at work, right? He loves to prompt. But what, if, what if you and I can be the ones who are like, Lord, I'm sent. I'm in the car. Even there, I can be sent by you. I'm all by myself. And so uh, he sends us. It's part of, you know, just serving Jesus that uh, we have three big words around here we use that uh, we said our heart is to honor Christ. It's our purpose statement by, by loving Jesus, by growing with others, and by serving a world in need. And we can say, Lord, I, I this week, I'm, this, today, I wait, Lord, I invite you. You're sending me. I'm going on mission with you. What do you want to do through my life? So let's ask this question. What kind of people do you and I want to be so that our impact can grow in new ways? Like, what is Jesus looking for in, in me and in you? Because this is, first of all, about who we are, not simply what we do. It's first of all about who we are, not what we do. Let me explain by looking at today's passage. You can turn in your Bible, your Bible app, to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, and just want to say again, those of you engaging online, glad to have you with us. Uh, and, uh, and those of you, Lorraine Correctional, cheering you on. Really thankful that uh, we can dig into God's word here together. And uh, so 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, reading from the New International Version. Here's what the Apostle Paul writes to believers in Corinth, Greece, a city you could still visit today. But thanks be to God, verse 14 who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession. What is he talking about there? We'll explain that in a minute. And uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are an aroma that brings death, to the other aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ, we speak before God with sincerity of those as those sent from God. You might be going like, okay, what exactly is he talking about? Let's go back to the first verse and get the historical background. He talks about a triumphal procession. What does he, what does he mean? That we're led in this triumphal procession led by Christ. Uh, Scott Haffman teaches at the University of St. Andrews, and, and he explains the historical background of Roman military, this custom in the first century, that, and, and really the first few centuries. Pretty fascinating. It helps to explain Paul's point here. The triumphal procession was a lavish parade, like you see there, conducted in Rome to celebrate great victories and significant military campaigns. It was a major event, like bigger than any kind of like Macy's Day Parade, St. Patrick's Day Parade. Everybody in the Roman Empire knew about these parades. In fact, they're memorialized on Roman arches and, and coins and statues, paintings even today. So the highest honor for any Roman uh, general would be to get to be at the front to lead one of these triumphant processions. 
And on the other hand, to be led as a prisoner, and, and that's where you go, why is he talking about for some life and some death to be as, a, a prisoner in such a, a procession uh, signaled total defeat, like in your impending doom? So there were tons of soldiers and horses, the spoils of war, and listen to this, and th- there was an aroma. Would you say that word with me? Aroma. Some of you are already smelling like coffee, you're smelling something, cafe aroma, isn't the name of, you know, over Berea or something. And, and, uh, and, and so th- there was this aroma that even if you were like blind, you knew that the parade was either coming or it passed you by because you could smell it. There were garlands of flowers, there was incense that was burning. Uh, so what is Paul, like how is Paul taking that Roman custom and what, what does he mean by that for us as followers of Christ? Here, here's what he's saying. A battle has been won by Jesus, right? He's victor. He won the battle with death. He beat the awful enemy of, of the one who, who held us captive. And today we follow him. He, Paul says we're led as captives. In other words, we've given our lives to Christ and we put our trust in him. We participate in this triumphant procession. And this is key. He says we are the what? Aroma of Christ. That There's not incense, there's not flowers. That, that he says it's, it's us that we have his fragrance, and we spend time with Jesus, that when we, when we walk with Jesus, when we invite him to come into our lives and we say yes to Jesus, we get to know him, that we begin to have his fragrance. Let me go back to verse 14. He says this, God uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. Now, I know we don't have uh, military processionals today, uh, but so let me bring this to the 21st century. When you go through TSA at Hopkins Airport and you're waiting, you're not in TSA pre-check, you're in that long line on the south side, uh, and what do you smell when you're going through TSA pre-check? Anybody know? Wafting through the air. <laughs> that is like not even fair. It's like a sin that they have Cinnabon right there. Because you sort of get held up and you're in the line, you're going... I, I gain weight just from the smells. I mean, seriously. I'm always looking for samples because I know my wife's going to kick me if I try, try to buy one of those. But, but you smell that and you go, there's just this aroma that sort of fills. Now, let's say you have someone who works for Cinnabon and they have an eight-hour shift and they, someone in your family and they come home. They smell like what? A Cinnabon. You're like... Did you bring any home with you? Like, you know, what kind of deal do you get? You know, there's an aroma. They carry the aroma with them. It's what Paul says should be true of us when we follow Jesus. Our everyday mission is this. We are what? The aroma of Christ. Or or, or are we? Here's the question we want to ask. Do people, when they've been with us, do they sense the aroma of Christ? Well, what does that look like? Paul keeps mentioning the word in verse 15. He says, we are to God the what kind of aroma? The, the pleasing aroma. This isn't like, I'm going to let people know. They're, they're, you know and, and it's not like an abrasive, ugly kind of, it's, it's a pleasing aroma among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. In other words, with everyone. And it's, like you said, it's 
it's, it's a pleasing aroma. I remember back in college, I, six of us guys, it was our senior year, and we went to the mountains of North Carolina, and we hiked for six days. We had an absolute blast. There's still friends to today. And, uh, but there's something happened during that six days. Actually, something didn't happen. We didn't shower for six days. <laughs> Anybody been on a camping trip like that? We had a blast, but when we came back, you know, that was not, that's not the kind of aroma Paul's talking about there. You know, walk into a restaurant, people are like, holy cow, what just came into this restaurant here, right? <laughs> Parts like the Red Sea, you know? And, and uh, he says, it's a, it's a pleasing aroma. You're, you're living like Jesus. There's a line in your notes that says this, being a follower of Jesus is not merely agreeing with the set of beliefs or attending church services. If that's what defines me as a Christian, that I think right and I go to church, I'm not the aroma of Christ. There should be something, the character of my life, that, that I, I follow God's word like, like Jesus did, that we value people like he did, that people just were drawn to him, that we reflect the character of Jesus. Did you hear in the video, wasn't that moving of Sarwat and Yvette? Did you hear what they did the very night that their daughters and Yvette were shot? He says, we prayed for whom? The shooters. I heard that and uh, I just thought, God, would, would I pray that that's, that's the aroma of Christ, right? It says, bless those who persecute, pray for them who, who hate you. The aroma of Christ. Galatians 5 tells us what Jesus would be like if he were, you met him here today out in the lobby, you know that Jesus is marked by a kind of love, like he just elevates the people around him. He seeks their best joy. It's just this something about him, that peace, a non-anxious presence, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want to ask, if that's the aroma of Jesus, do you carry with you the aroma of Christ? Is that, is that the kind of aroma that you give to people that you live with, work with, go to school with, where, wherever you are? Heather Holman is a uh, professor of English, and she writes about how she prays for open doors. With, in fact, she says before every semester begins, before her first class, she just goes chair by chair and just prays for the students uh, in her classes who will sit in every chair. And she says, I pray for them that God would give me, as Paul says in Colossians 4, he'd give me an open door. And here's what she writes. She, she says this. She says, Dr. Holloman writes, I sense so much anxiety, confusion, and even despair in many of my students. I pray that God would open a door so I may appropriately talk about Jesus during office hours or after class. One student, Joe, stopped the whole class one day and said, Dr. Holloman, you've got to tell us the secret of why you're so happy all the time. That led to an honest conversation about faith in Christ. In fact, the most common open door for the gospel I have with younger people involves me telling them my secret for joyful living. Friends, that's the aroma of Christ, right? At a coffee shop one afternoon, my student Muriel said, okay, why are you so happy? Do you take a certain drug? I laughed and said, I believe you are sensing the presence of the living God, Jesus Christ, in me. He is the source of my joy and peace. 
With wide eyes, Muriel said, well, I'm really into yoga. I believe anything we can do can lead us to spiritual truth, but I do not know about Jesus. I said, would you like to read a book about him? It's called The Reason for God by Tim Keller. She said yes, and we got together to talk about what she was learning. Months later, I attended her baptism. The aroma of Christ. Joy, right? It's not just believing the right stuff. It's not just going to church. It's that, what's the secret? What is it? Are are you on some kind of drug? And I, it's actually the living God who's inside of me. You know, likewise, we could say this. If it doesn't look like Christ, if it doesn't smell like Christ, it's not Christian. Parents, I want to ask, do we look like, I'm going to include myself in this, do we look like Jesus in the way that we respond to our kids? Are we the aroma of Christ to them? Kids, I'll put it back on you, the way you respond to mom or dad. If you're saying, I really want to follow Christ, do you, are you the aroma of Christ to your, your parents' husbands, the way you treat your wife? Do you honor and cherish her? Are you marked by kindness and goodness? faithfulness. Are, are you Jesus to your wife? I ask myself that question. Am I, am I Jesus to Mary? Am I the aroma of Christ to my wife? Now, Paul reminds us that not everyone responds in the same way. You might go, I, don't know, I might be doing something wrong. In 2 Corinthians, back in, in verse 16 here in chapter 2, he writes, to the one we are an aroma that brings death, and to the other, an aroma that brings life. So Paul, again, like Jesus, separates humanity into two groups. There are those who are on the pathway to salvation and, and those who are on the road to destruction. And for those who respond to Jesus and, and put their trust in him, he says there's life. When you're the aroma of Jesus, it's why sometimes when we're in a small group Bible study or you're here at Grace or whatever, you just go, why do I feel there's something? Because the people around you, when you're the aroma of Christ and they're the aroma of Christ, you're just a reminder to each other that we have Jesus and we have life that's awaiting and heaven is, is our home ultimately. But for those who reject Jesus, are like, nope, not by, then you're... Your aroma reminds them that, that he's the one that they've said no to, that they, they don't want to put their trust in him. And if they never put their trust in Christ, Paul says that there will be an eternity without him. It's the ultimate death. It's the impending doom, just like in the triumphant procession, that they would have the prisoners behind, and in the end, it wasn't going to spell life for them, but spell death. So the stakes are high. That's why we're sent, we're on mission that, listen to this, our heavenly father loves the people around me and the people around you even more than we do, right? So we're sent on mission. He goes, and I want you to be the aroma because Jesus is not going to go there in person. He's gonna go there through whom? Through you. He sent you to your neighborhood to be the aroma of Jesus to your neighborhood. Do they sense Jesus? He sent you to your workplace. Maybe you go, I wanna get a different job. Uh, try Twitter. I hear they're hiring. No, I'm just teasing. I shouldn't say that. Uh, uh, that, that, was, that was not in my notes, Jonathan. Uh, uh, wherever, <laughs> wherever you go, that you are, you're the, are you the aroma of Jesus? Like, he, he, he doesn't go in person. He goes through you and through me. Is it hard sometimes? Yeah, for sure, we, we all mess up. We need to humble ourselves and ask for forgiveness. 
You know, sometimes with Mary, for me to say, I, I, didn't, I didn't respond right when you brought that up. I'm, would you forgive me? That can be the aroma of Christ as well, not that Jesus messed up, but humility, gentleness, that when we're wrong, we acknowledge that. And people go, wow, like, I, I, you know, it's the aroma of Christ. We get to be in this together. There's something about a collective aroma. People just say, that, wow, there's something about, you know, not just me individually, but as a group. But, but here's, here's the strength that we have. We have everyday power. We're shaped by the Spirit. Here's what Paul says. You know, there's not chapters and verses in the original letter that Paul wrote or the Gospels. We added those later and a few hundred years after the Bible was, you know, composed so that it would be helpful to find things. And, and so the very next chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse uh, 18, here, here's what Paul says. He says, the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him. We smell more and more like Jesus as we're changed into his glorious image. I love that. that I, I, it's not expected that from the moment that I put my trust in Christ, like, John, you gotta, you're perfect. You're just like Jesus. No, I walk with him, and I become more and more like Jesus. I struggle along the way. I have to ask for forgiveness. But we spend time with this book, and we discover his will for our, how to live, and and we talk with him in prayer. We get to know him. We spend time with others who are seeking to honor him. I'm so glad for all the classes and groups that are part of Grace or different you know, retreat times like Making Peace or others that we can just say, I, I get to be with other people who are also wanting to become more and more like Jesus. I say yes to Jesus. I ask for his help and strength. I just say, Jesus, I want to be more and more like you. I want that to be true of me, that you, your spirit, Make me more and more like you, Jesus, as I'm changed into your image. The truth is, I can't be the aroma of Christ on my own. You can't be the aroma of Christ on your own, right? That, that we need a strength. And Jesus said this, he, even when he sends us out in Acts chapter one, he says this, he says, you'll receive power when what? When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses, my aroma, telling people about me everywhere. Everywhere, he says. With his power, you are his aroma, a witness. Here, here's what happened to one person at the dentist's office. Just such a great example, because it's everywhere, wherever you go. Uh, and the dentist, I, I like my dentist, I like my hygienist, but it's I, through some childhood trauma, it's not my favorite place. So this, this testimonial stood out to me. The dental hygienist asked how I heard about their new practice since I was a new patient. I told her I'd come in desperation for a mouth guard, but I didn't have the insurance. Um, to cover the $800 cost for that kind of appliance. So I prayed that God would somehow provide the money. In church this past Sunday, I mentioned that we were talking with someone and they asked how they could pray for us. I told him about my need for a mouth guard, not knowing he had a dental practice. He smiled and said, come to my office. I'll make you a mouth guard for free. I said, so that's why I'm here. I prayed and God answered in such a cool way. That's all, that's all she, she said. And she didn't know that God had sent her for a different purpose. Here's what happened. The hygienist leaned back and tears formed in her eyes. You pray, she said? You pray to God and he, he answers you? Yes, I stammered. I sat there for a moment, not sure what to say or do. So I looked in my purse and for that little booklet I had from church on how to know God personally. I said, has anyone ever told you how you can know God personally? No, no she said, but I wanna know. I felt so nervous, I'm pretty sure I was shaking. 
But I wrote my phone number on the booklet and told her I'd be glad to chat more, and I invited her to church. I think of the awkwardness of it all, the dripping pink dental plaster on my cheek (laughs) and my stumbling presentation, but God was working, and he chose to use a poor graduate student who was so stressed out that she was grinding her teeth, sent in a dentist chair and a study group and the chow line at Lorraine Correctional, right? And a cubicle next to a colleague in your home, wherever, we're sent. And how do we live on mission like that? How do we have the aroma of Christ? See that spread in the back of your notes, if you picked up some notes on the way in, or if, you want, if you're want, if you online, you can just get those in our bulletin on our homepage. Let me just, there's eight steps. Let me just mention four of them that I'll highlight for starts. Look around. If you're saying, I don't know where to be the aroma, look around. Who are the people that the Lord has sent you to in your neighborhood, your workplace, other parts of your life? Write down at least five names. I, I wrote down mine, and it is something I, I can pray for these people and say, God, what would it look like for me strategically if, if I believe that you orchestrated events to position me with people, to position you with people who, who need you? At this very moment, do you believe Jesus is seeking and saving the lost, that's what he says. And we get to be a part of that, that he's building a family, he's rescuing people, and he's using us as his aroma to, to, to draw people in. Who are the five people you're praying for? Write them down. I'll go to the fifth one there, create margin, allow space in your schedule for unexpected opportunities with people the Lord puts in your path. Uh, this one has been a challenge to me because Mary will tell you one of the problems I have is I, I pack my schedule and I don't leave space in my, in my, for the Lord to say, Jonathan, I want you to pause here. And, and I, I'm asking the Lord, Lord, help me to create more margin. Number six, look for opportunities. Find ways to connect with those around you, coffee, sports, fire pit. Go out for dessert. Get a Cinnabon together. <laughs> The calories don't count if you're doing it for Jesus' purposes. (laughs) Create pathways to talk and and listen and build relationships. Number eight, finally, invite them in. Ask if they want to join you for a seminar. Offer a book, a podcast. Invite them to halftime with the Browns eight days from now. See if they're open to talking more about issues of faith. Friends, here's what we know. When we live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ, We can make a difference for the people around us. That's what Jesus wants to do through us. And we actually become like him because it says in Ephesians chapter five that that Jesus is a pleasing aroma to God. We're not only an aroma to the people around us, it says that we're the aroma of Christ even to the Father. I I want your life and my life to be something that just people sense they smell Jesus in us. I want us to be, you're gonna see a little image on the screen here. I I want us to be more like on the right than on the left, right? That I don't repel people, it's like, holy smokes, like what's up with, you know, but instead that they go, wow, something draws me in. I didn't get paid for either one of those, yeah. (laughs) Author Rita Snow, let me close with this. She tells a story about visiting a small village in Dover, England. She's sitting outside of a cafe and she becomes aware of this beautiful scent that fills the air. And so she asks her server, she goes, where, where, is, that, uh, where is that scent coming from? 
And she was told that uh, the scent came from the workers who were passing by, that most of the villagers were employed in the nearby perfume factory. And so when they left work, the, the scent would like cover the entire town. What if that happened with us? That as you and I spend time with Jesus and we say yes to him, that the scent of Jesus, the aroma of Christ, as we walk out of here today and you go to a restaurant and the server goes, I, that person is different. Their kindness is they ordered. They treated me like a person, the tip they left. When you're filling up with gas, when you're at, you know, at driving down the road, wherever you go, you're, you're in line at, at the grocery store, you go head out to Walmart, you're at the auto repair shop, wherever you are that, that you just, what if as we leave our gathering here, that as we go out for the week, that we would be like those workers in Dover, England. You know what, Rita, what happened to this author? She said, I wanted to find the source of the scent. Where was that aroma coming from? What if people said, there's something about you. Are you taking a drug? How are you so happy? What's the peace that you have? How can you do that through your time of suffering? How can you pray for shooters who have just shot you and your daughters? The aroma of Christ. Here's the question we can ask. In closing, you want to put this on the screen, team. Am I the aroma of Christ with every person I meet? I'll be honest with you, I'm not. But is it what I want to be? It is. And I think you're here today too because you're saying that's what I want in my life. So let's ask the Holy Spirit right now to come and just fill us with Jesus. Would you pray with me? I want to invite you to just make this prayer your own prayer. You can just quietly just respond after me. Holy Spirit, would you fill me with the presence of Jesus? I want his character to be my character. His joy, his kindness, his gentleness, his patience. Holy Spirit, make those true in me. And Spirit of God, you know where it's most difficult for me, where I tend to be more of a stench than an aroma, the challenging people in my life the difficult circumstances. Spirit of Jesus, in those places this week, transform my heart. Give me your eyes, your ears, and may I be the aroma of Jesus with every person in every place. May victories be won and people drawn to you. Thank you for sending me this week to where you want me to go. In your powerful name I pray, and everyone said, amen, amen. amen.